Mr. Ansara, government is now worried about private individuals taking up arms to protect their property. What risk does this scenario pose? So, Elvis, yesterday there was a briefing by the acting minister in the presidency, um, Ms. Chaverheni, and uh, she was saying that she was concerned that community members are resorting to violence and that they must uh, stick within the law in terms of protecting themselves. And whilst the rule of law is certainly important and uh, all South African citizens need to abide by the law, I think that many communities who have been stricken by this last week's violence and rioting and looting, I think uh, would be rightfully aggrieved by these comments. I think uh, many, uh, many communities who've had their businesses assaulted, who've had their, uh, their persons threatened, their staff, their families, I think are, are using whatever means they can to protect themselves within the bounds of the law and uh, particularly using uh, lawfully acquired firearms, um, you know, through uh, community platforms like uh, uh, community policing forums, uh, neighborhood watches. These are community-driven initiatives. Uh, and in the absence of the ability of the state to protect their rights, uh, these citizens are doing what is necessary to, to protect themselves. So I think the uh, the minister, I think, came across as, as quite insensitive, I think, to the situation on the ground. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, if we were talking about a very efficient, capable security apparatus that was moving swiftly to contain the situation, I think it would be a, a much more uh, different story. Uh, but I think uh, the inability of the state to maintain basic law and order is, is very evident, and communities are doing what they can to protect themselves and coming together in a time of extreme crisis. We had a number of these conversations in the last couple of days, and people are saying that they need to protect their properties. Uh, we've also Correct. spoken earlier about a company that is actually looking after the uh, the community, looking after Maponia Mall and arresting people. So... Were the state security, you think, as the, and the police prepared for all uh, of what, uh, what we've seen unfold? And how worrying is it that state security operatives have been linked to the uh, instigation of the unrest? Look, I think the, uh, the state security apparatus has been taken off guard. Uh, the response has been quite slow and flat-footed. And uh, I think, uh, you know, it seems that the socioeconomic conditions that have led to this um, have been evident for some time. It's, it's been a powder keg uh, that has been just awaiting a spark. And that spark was the arrest of former President Jacob Zuma. Um, but the, the, the powder keg has been caused by years of policy misdirection uh, that has resulted in a youth unemployment rate of about 75%. So as a young person, you're more likely to be out of work than in a job. Uh, uh, so there's that structural unemployment. There's also a chronic low growth, uh, hostile uh, policies towards business. So all of this has uh, culminated in in this uh, these kind of conditions. As for the accusations around the um, complicity of, of, of former members of the intelligence services, I think it's, these are mere accusations. We, we don't see evidence 
uh, for that. Certainly, as new evidence arises, we can reevaluate that view. But as the Centre for Risk Analysis, we we uh, are being very cautious in in our reading of that situation. Uh, so there's, I think, um, there have been accusations that former intelligence services uh, member Tulani Dlomo uh, has been linked to this, but there's no. Mm-hmm. These are just kind of. This is just media speculation. Uh, he was uh, former ambassador to J- to Japan, recalled by President uh, President Ramaphosa, um, and was uh, closely linked to uh, to the former president uh, Jacob Zuma. So. But these are, you know, that's just speculative, and I'd be very hesitant to to attach any weight to that mm-hmm. at the moment. But there, there, do, there does seem to be an element of coordination here. We've seen attacks on uh, telecoms infrastructure, um, so going beyond just uh, attacks on malls and so on. So I think that is something to watch out for, and we will uh, be updating our, our view on that as new evidence emerges. But, uh, yeah, I think... It's, it's a stretch to say that there's been complicity by the intelligence services, but certainly incapacity, I think, has been uh, has has definitely characterised the intelligence services' uh, response to this crisis. David, what would be the risk and the benefits, perhaps, of declaring a state of emergency at this time? So, I think one should be very cautious about declaring a state of emergency. So, a state of emergency would suspend many of our constitutional rights. And you have to ask the question, what rights do you think are appropriate to suspend given the nature of the of the situation that is unfolding? Do you want to have summary arrests? Uh, you, you can't just uh, go and, and use violent force to suppress people that's uh, enshrined in the Bill of Rights. You can't, can't just, for example, go and, and, and shoot protesters or rioters um, you know, in a constitutional democracy, you should be very wary of suspending those liberties. What we need is a coordinated, uh, strong, firm response from the security and safety cluster, um, mobilization of resources. I don't think that a state of emergency uh, would, would assist in any meaningful way. Um, and would require a sacrifice of many of our of our basic freedoms. So I would say that a state of emergency is not the appropriate response.